I'm joined in the studio this afternoon by Aaron Michael, MHK, and Treasury Minister Alf Cannon, who presented his budget to Timwald this week. Also with me, we have Debbie Halsall of Unite Union and Devon Watson of the Fair Free Campaign and Climate Change Coalition, plus William King, who's on hand to give us your thoughts. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank Good you afternoon. for joining us. Um, if you have any questions or any thoughts about anything you hear, please get in touch with us in the studio by emailing studio at manxradio.com, texting 166-177, or finding us on social media with the hashtag MRPerspective. Uh, Mr Cannon, I'll come to you first. You described this year's budget, um, which is your fourth, as a budget of focus, one you said is designed to provide focus on a sustainable future. And um, What for you were the, the headlines in this year's uh, contents. Well, I think it's right sometimes that we look at where we've uh, come from, what we've achieved, uh, and where we've got to um, go. And for me, I think there's a number of strong messages coming from this budget. Firstly, uh, we're on track with our financial plan to create a sustainable future for Manx finances as we look further ahead. Uh, we are returning the Manx finances to a state where they can, uh, we can replenish the reserves. Uh, from 2022 to 2023. Uh, as you will see, we're delivering uh, better than forecasted returns and results um, across the board. Our income tax receipts are up, our national insurance receipts are better than forecast. We're declaring a better than forecast surplus. You know, And within all that, we're also uh, making progress in terms of what we're doing for the people on this island. We've made substantial progress with I think helping and supporting low to middle income earners. We're also uh, putting targeted investment into our public services uh, and we are keeping uh, at the same time good strong uh, financial discipline around our uh, cost control mechanisms that we have in place to ensure that we retain our focus. You mentioned national insurance and um, one of the headline statistics presented to us from government was that lower and middle-income earners will benefit from a 10% increase in the earnings threshold to national insurance contributions. Um, Tell us about what that means for for, for the general public. Well, for those earning uh, below £42,000, they will be better off uh, by £74, and of course they'll be better off as as a result of the increase in the personal allowances. Um, you know, we, we've been under pressure with the national insurance earnings threshold for uh, a number of uh, years now. Uh, I think a number of Timwald members were keen to see that uh, increased. And of course, uh, with the Conservative promise to increase the threshold to £9,500 when they were campaigning in the uh, last election, um, that's also um, perhaps made us increase slightly more than we would have hoped. But we want to take a thorough look at our national insurance fund uh, overall. We'll be doing that this year. We're creeping up to £900 million uh, in the fund. We expect that to get up towards a billion in the next uh, few years. We think we can probably do more with that fund to better support and invest locally to uh, aid both uh, the economy and uh, produce better outcomes uh, for for this island. So we're going to take a strong look at that. But overall, I think the key message is that you know, and since 2016, a couple on this island, uh, all things considered, should be paying about £1,100 less uh, in tax um, to the government. And we think that money that should be now back in their pockets, accepted there have been uh, 
increases in certain areas uh, will be helping to benefit them and, and I hope helping them cope a little bit more with the after effects of the period sort of 2008 to 2018. Um, as a theme amongst your budgets so far in this administration have been changes to the personal allowance and um, well the, the level of income you pay before uh, sorry before you start paying income tax even that's gone up by another two hundred and fifty pounds to fourteen thousand two hundred and fifty. Um, Treasury says that will leave or lift four hundred and sixty-five people out of the tax net. That's a saving of up to fifty pounds for an individual and a hundred pounds for jointly assessed couples. That might not sound like much in, as an isolated example, but if you plot that over the years since 2016 where the threshold stood at nine and a half thousand that's you know that's half again is that is that well that's is that the legacy you're looking you know, to leave? absolutely because we you know we recognized when we came in in 2016 i said at the very first budget that we had to stop looking at the needs of the spreadsheet and start looking at the needs of the people you know we recognized there was a significant and growing problem uh, uh when you talk about the cost of living, particularly for low to middle income earners, we were getting a, a wealth gap, an unacceptable wealth gap in society. We so had so to... do, you, do you see that as one of the success stories of your tenure? Well, I think we're think? making progress. I don't think anything's, you know, you, you, you're sitting here trumpeting success because you know, we've, ha we, we've had a lot to do. And really, the trick is about trying to, to take things forward, make progress on this island. And one of the points that I made very early on in my speech was you know right now the sort of words leveling up of starting to hit uh, more commonly into the political lexicon well we've been leveling up since 2016 earlier this month in the uk and the point i would make is you can probably never stop industry. leveling things up or helping people out but one surefire way to level things down is to have regressive uh, a regressive situation when it comes to our finances or unstable public finances we are uh, on track to deliver sustainable public finances for the island. We're on track to deliver um, in terms of solving the immediate problem with the public sector pensions uh, deficit. And we're on track to start getting money back into our reserves. And that should, I hope, give people confidence um, that we, the island is well placed to tackle the challenges that it's facing in the next uh, few years, next decade. We're joined in the studio by a representative of Unite Union in Debbie Halsall. Um, good afternoon. Thank you very much for coming in. Uh, Mr. Cannon there has spoken about a wealth gap and problems perceived or real about um, relative inequality, relative poverty on the Isle of Man. Um, are those things that, that you see? And do you think this government's taking steps to tackle them? Um, yeah, we see it all the time. Are they taking steps? I don't think they're taking big enough steps to do anything about it. Um, you can look at the statistics from um, food banks, GRI, housing matters. It's become you know necessity that they need to talk this. They need to start speaking to the third sector. They need to start speaking to the unions. Is basically moving forward as to what they can do to help people. And one of the things is, although the minister makes reference to the bringing up of the tax to fourteen two five, it's still not enough. You have people there, and he made reference as well to the cost of living on the Isle of Man, utilities, etc. It's not cheap. And people in the use of zero-hour contracts is still shocking. The fact you've got young people there trying to get on a property ladder, they can't because they haven't got sustainable working patterns because they're used on zero-hour contracts. And it goes on and it goes on. Mr Cannon, what, what discussions do you have with, with unions? 
in preparing your budget and in preparing well, your there's, policy? Well, there's various channels for the unions to engage with uh, government. We do, do we do uh, engage with various parties um, prior to a, to a budget. This year, actually, we did go out and speak to uh, a number of charities about the uh, situations that, that they were facing. But look, we have to deliver a budget for the whole island uh, and we have to make sure that, that what we are doing is 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 right for everybody. And of course, you've got to make sure actually you know, that, that critically that the economy is performing well, um, that, that there are jobs for for people. As you know, we've got incredibly low unemployment at the moment. That doesn't mean we can take our eye off the ball. There's still a number of pressures out there in some of our core industries. Um, but that, that absolutely has to be, you know, keep, you've got to keep focused on, on these elements. Because as I say, unless you have a, have a strong economy, um, strong jobs provision, um, are, are there people being op- left op- behind? Opportunities, then you're not going to be able to deal with some of the issues. And I think the point, the point that I'm making is that we are making progress. So it's never going to be a perfect situation. There's a lot to do um, considering what, what, both this, this island and uh, you know the Western world has gone through since 2008. We are making progress, uh, and as I say, without strong, sustainable, and stable finances, you won't tackle the issues that Debbie is is talking about. So, you know, I'm not saying for one moment that that uh, everything is perfect and everything is rosy, but we are making progress. We heard from Michael Manning of Gry um, as part of the coverage of budget on on Tuesday and he spoke about the challenges for those um, at the bottom and things which are or aren't uh, heading in their direction where perhaps they ought to be and then we've also seen discussion in the House of Keys and in Timwald over a number of months the figures released from the pilot shelter for homelessness that's being operated by Gry. Is that a priority to try and tackle some of some of the things facing? Yeah it's always a priority for us to tackle our our social issues. There's a, you know, we're waiting at the moment for a for a report into cold hunger and homelessness uh, on the island. Um, you know, the the the, the, the treasury has in fact uh, supported Gry and and other charities behind the scenes. We don't go around necessarily trumpeting what we're doing, but you know, um, just in the case of Gry, we did step in to help them get their night shelter uh, up up and running. Um, but you know. Absolutely, it remains important, but it also remains important. You know, when we're delivering the budget, we're talking about 85,000 people on this island getting access, core access to the main services, making sure that health is being invested in properly, making sure that we're investing in uh, uh, sort of security on the island and putting more money, making sure that where we've, sorry, we've got assets and we've got money to invest, that that's targeted and invested in, in the best possible way. Um, for everybody um, as much as possible. And then within that, of course, you've then got to start tackling those uh, people um, who have extreme difficulties within the, the overall mainstream. But, uh, you know, we, we, we have and we are tackling those uh, issues. We put more money um, into health this year for mental health nurses, specifically for mental health nurses to work with the police, for example. We've given the police more money uh, in last year's budget to improve their delivery across society. So yes, we are tackling these uh, issues and we are conscious of them. Do you mind if I interject? Absolutely. David Uh, Watson? I completely agree with the Minister's sentiments uh, that we have to focus on the 85,000 people that live on the island. To a large extent, uh, there is no contradiction between focusing on the 85,000 people and focusing on those who are poorest off because the vast majority of people on the island are two, three, four paychecks away. If they were to miss those, 
they themselves would be in that poverty situation. I mean, a lot of the middle class prosperity on the island is precarious at best. We rely on uh, foreign companies that have no qualms about leaving uh, if they do feel like they do need to leave. So focusing on creating contingency plans to make sure that if people do fall behind, that they can be picked up um, is absolutely essential. Uh, you spoke a little bit about building um, wealth and the main way in which middle class families typically tend to build wealth is through housing. And over the past 20 years, 30 years, we've seen housing become increasingly unaffordable and out of reach for ordinary uh, people, particularly young people. And unless you have a pretty good job within the e-gaming sector or in the finance sector, it's impossible for you to get um, decent housing stock before you're 30 or before you're 40 uh, to a large extent. It's much, much cheaper to have a mortgage than it is to rent and your average person can't really pony up the 15 or 20,000 pounds that are required for deposit to get a home when they themselves are barely able to save more than a hundred quid per month, even under the best budgeting uh, scenarios, because you do have people who work 40 hours a week and then they still live close to the line, especially if they do have kids. Um, we really agree and really praise the sentiment um, from the state that's come out by making the tax system a bit more redistributive. Um, and we hope that we see more of this in future budgets. Minister? Well, I mean, it, it, we're always, you know, looking at, at, at issues that need that need tackling. There'll be an affordable housing strategy um, delivered. That's been promised now from the from the Department of Infrastructure. I should say a new, new affordable housing is strategy. That, is that something that's coming imminently? That's imminent in the ne in the next uh, few weeks. I hope to see that. Uh, and of course, more broadly across the island, we've got to get to grips with our, our overall housing strategy, particularly in the line to, light of our commitments with uh, climate change. Uh, I think it's time for a, a new vision for our towns. We need to be sure um, that we are operating efficiently and effectively out in the rural areas when it comes to village uh, expansion uh, and what facilities are available in, in the communities. So there is, you know, there's always a huge amount to do. I mean, the point the point about the housing is that actually you know, all the new housing that is being built in terms of the lower priced housing, if you like, a housing sort of up to sort of 300, 350,000 pounds. The estate agents are telling me this housing is going and it's going incredibly quickly. So actually, there is some balance to that in terms of uh, when Devon talks about affordability, etc. Actually, there's a lot, a lot of evidence that the sort of low to uh, middle price to housing is actually shifting and it's shifting quite quickly so which indicates to me that the market is uh, relatively healthy and people are getting the, the funds that they need together to get onto the property ladder i accept that we need to be, be very careful with um, property and ensure that uh, we have the opportunities for first-time buyers that we have the opportunities uh, for affordable housing because we absolutely must help our young people get on to uh, establish themselves uh, in this this regard and you know as I said I look forward to getting these strategies through in the next few weeks. Let's turn to some messages I've had an email from an angry federation member who says could Mr Cannon say how will the reverse charge VAT in the building and construction industry affect the Isle of Man construction industry when is the treasury planning to implement this will UK construction companies working on the Isle of Man conform to Manx regulations on taxation in construction and why has DFE not informed business in construction industry? 
Is this something you you're well, aware not, of? I don't, you know, I don't know enough about the, uh, the the specific details on 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 that issue in terms of the the uh, impacts. What I would say, of course, in, in talking uh, you know of, of VAT is, you know, when we wrote the budget, when we uh, d- started putting together our plans, and uh, uh, up until the latest last week, we didn't know at the time that we were going to uh, negotiate the FERSA agreement with the UK. Uh, absolutely delighted that that has now. Um, been completed the discussions have taken place and tell of course, us what that actually means well for the it, it means that the forecasting we have done up until this point has been accurate um so the so back in 2016 we uh, the island man and the the united kingdom agreed a new methodology in terms of uh forecasting our our first receipts uh and or vat and customs and excise receipts we had projected uh, our spending over the last five years uh, based on that forecast over the last three budgets, I and the Treasury had held back some money from uh, our projected income to deal with a negative result. We didn't get a negative result, and ultimately I've been able to release £44 million back into the general reserve, and that money will be there to provide a platform for us to deal with our uh, climate change programme and our healthcare transformation program and there's a lot of issues there that need dealing with and resolving in terms of exactly how much funding we need and where that funding is going to come from how that's going to fit in terms of our overall uh, planning Um, but we did and we have got a very very strong platform and if that particular gentleman who's just emailed you wants to email me Mm. for uh, in-depth analysis of this particular uh, issue, I will be happy to uh, review that and explain further in due course. Healthcare transformation and uh, the climate emergency are both things I want to come back to, but just quickly sticking with VAT, I had a message from Bonzo who says, all it will take is the UK government to have a full taps on budget, which slashes the basic rate of VAT in order to get money into the red wall voters' pockets as quickly as possible, and the wheels will fall off Cannon's wagon. Um, there's a point there about external pressures and about um, variables from overseas, which perhaps are out of the island's control. Yeah, there's there's always there's always variables, Donald. I mean, we're not we don't live in a in a perfect world where we can see into the future the whole time. Uh, I think the, the the message that I've got is that actually we are adaptable. We've proved to be adaptable in the past. Uh, you know, one sets sets plans, but. Uh, you know, coming coming from my ex-army days, the first thing uh, not to survive contact with the enemy is the plan. And you know, these things change and they adapt. But we are we are changeable and we are adaptable. We've already shown that these uh, our our planning has has got uh, a robustness about it because we've dealt with significant overspends in the Department of Health. We've given them the extra money they've needed almost year on year to deal with some of the problems that that they've been facing, the cost pressures that that they've been facing. We've dealt dealt with that. We've put fifty million pounds now into public services of additional uh, investment. We've put in uh, strong uh, discipline, um, financial discipline for around things like pay, public sector pay, uh, for example. And yet I'm still sitting here today telling you that actually we're on track to deliver and, and put money back in, into our reserves. And along the line, you know, we've had to have big discussions about um, climate change. We've had to have very big discussions about uh, health. We've got all this, um, these additional uh, chat pressures and challenges coming down the uh, road. And, you know, finally, just very quickly, we also wrote off £95 million to stabilise people's utility bills back in 2017. You know, another step forward that that we've made in the last um, three, four years. Uh, And we're going to carry on 
you know, in that vein, I think with robust planning around our, our, our financial projections, uh, a robust plan, and we will be able to deliver, uh, as I said, stability in about 22, 2023 in terms of putting some money specifically back into our reserves. Let's talk about health and social care. Um, there's five million has been added to the transformation fund, and that was obviously recommended in the independent review by Sir Jonathan Michael. Um, we, you've mentioned the, the overspend, the, the repeated overspend of the department, and especially of Nobles Hospital, which sees this seemingly cyclical process where the department comes back for a supplementary vote to ask for extra, extra funds. Is there any incentive for the department to break even if they're just able to come back on an annual basis and, and, and successfully get more money? Well, we work very, very closely with the health, health minister, naturally, and over the course of the last uh, three and a half years or so, we, we've, we've meet regularly with the Department of Health to understand what, what pressures that they are facing. And when we come to budget time, we look at the bids that are put before us. And as you will see from an, uh, an answer that I gave Daphne came up, for the most part, health get the bids that they have specifically asked for. But you know, within that, there have been a number of pressures underlying our health, not least uh, recruitment pressures, the numbers of uh, temporary staff that are having been having to brought in uh, to, to cope with those staffing shortages. Uh, perhaps there's been a bit of a shift change in the NHS generally in terms of the approach towards uh, temporary contract work, particularly amongst nurses and doctors. So these kind of, pre and of course the cost of, of, of medicine, I think you have to maintain some uh, strong financial discipline within health. Uh, health, as the health minister himself has acknowledged, Will spend, but there, but there will spend as much as, as will spend as much as they have given. From and the outside, it doesn't look like there's financial responsibility well, in health if they're overspending every well, year. Exact, exact to, well, to the point where you know, two two years ago, we said actually we need to properly understand: Are we actually spending enough on health, and is it being spent you know, in the most efficient and effective way? So the answer to that question has been, in in essence, delivered by the Sir Jonathan Michael report. We're going to go through this healthcare transformation. We're going through it now. I hope later this year we're going to have Manx Care, the new board, the shadow board up and running. And in, in uh, 2021, that will come into operation. We're going to change the basis of which health is being um, delivered. Uh, and we've got, uh, with Sir Jonathan Michael's report, some indication of the level of spending that we would need to uh, apply to deliver class-leading health services on this island. And there's tens of millions of pounds uh, involved and that's why we're going to do things like review the National Insurance Fund, the fairness of that, and the way that that is applied, for example, to see whether there might be more flexibility in terms of where we uh, raise the money from the additional money to try and get to this position where we have, as I said, a class-leading healthcare system on this island that will give the pe people on this island confidence and give people confidence who are thinking about coming to the island. Users of the Promenade Medical Centre probably wouldn't argue they have a, a world-class uh, healthcare system coming in their direction and someone's emailed to ask why treasury say um, or why, why can't treasury say an extra five pounds per patient to allow it to hire a new gp and save it from closing four and a half thousand patients this is deemed to have affected do you have do you have any any input into well that? i can't i can't you know unfortunately i don't have all the details that health minister will have to his hand to deal with these Know, specific cases like everything else I mean I'm just you know sad sad to see that a surgery is potentially uh, facing closure um, but as I said it's not uh, not necessarily as a result of uh, the investment that's going into 
health at the moment. This budget has £14 million worth of additional investment into health, £5 million directly into the revenue stream of the, the department, £5 million uh, of spending into the uh, healthcare transformation, and about £4 million worth of investment in infrastructure within health. Uh, and of course, on the side, side from that, 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 that additional infrastructure, PLG, GP surgery, Western GP surgery, for example, and other uh, redevelopments that are taking place uh, will also help create um, jobs for our construction industry as well. So there's a lot happening. Um, the, 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 this sort of view that there's not enough investment going into health has some credibility in terms of what Sir Jonathan Michael has said. But as it stands at the moment, till we get this transformation done, get the new board in place, and, and then we will be increasing the health spend as we identify more how we are actually delivering the services. More questions coming in. Mary asks, can you tell me if the budget has done anything to help the self-employed of the island? Well, I think self-employed will, will benefit from the uh, personal allowance uh, increase, uh, definitely. Um, the self-employed uh, will... I think it depends on their personal situation, but most people as a result of this budget should be better off. As, a, as always, it depends how much they're actually earning uh, and, uh, you know, assuming if they're in that sort of low to middle income bracket, then they'll be, they should be better off as a result of this budget by anything from 50 to 100 pounds from that personal allowance. But you've also got to take that, Don, and as you rightly pointed out, if you just take this in isolation, uh, it doesn't exact. It, it it doesn't have the fireworks exploding around it. But you take back to our very first budget where we lifted that personal allowance by sort of two thousand pounds or so, you know, and then add that thirty five plus percent increase in personal allowances over that period, the thirteen plus percent plus in child benefit. Look at the other benefits that have been uh, increased as well. You will find actually from a, from a. a for most average families on this island, particularly if they're in, in, in a family, they will be or should be better off, all things being considered. And alongside that, we've also set out to target and assist those who are in more vulnerable positions, uh, for example, in care homes in terms of the level of support that they've been getting and the investments, targeted investment into public services and a whole host of areas. There have been increases um, for child benefit and for disability allowances you mm -hmm. mentioned there. I'll turn to my studio guests. Um, mm. Do you feel that those rises are in line with what you, you think is needed? Debbie? As regards to the child benefit, as soon you're taxed straight away on child benefit. Why not just give somebody child benefit and it's not taxable? And why, why actually increase it at a percentage when it's going to be taxed anyway? Yeah, uh, when we look at child benefit and when we look at poverty, we have to sort of praise the steps that have been taken to sort of uh, increase that, um, particularly the steps toward eliminating uh, pension of poverty, which is really good. But what we've seen is an, a report come out from the Manx Independent that have shown a 29% increase in uh, school meal usage and child poverty increase since 2010. And that number hasn't increased during this recent administration, but the number hasn't really been brought down in any significant way since 2010. And when you talk to ordinary people in the street, when you talk to ordinary like working middle class families, people are struggling, particularly as cost of living is increasing. And these increases are largely in line with inflation, um, but they don't actually do anything to solve the underlying 
core cause of poverty. So there's a lot of ways in which we would want people to be, have like a leg up out of poverty rather than sort of putting money uh, toward them to just keep them at the same standard base level. We need probably more investment in ed education, more investment in, on in apprenticeships, more investment in helping um, self-employed people from converting their um, relatively precarious self-employed um, uh, entities, small businesses, into medium businesses, or even large businesses at some point, and introducing that additional layer of competition into the economy, which would be really, really good. So we hope uh, that in future budgets, we'll end up seeing that ability, uh, the existence of a ladder that will allow for more class mobility in the future. Because um, currently, if you're born poor, you're very likely to remain in that situation. And if you're born rich, you're likely to very much remain in that situation. Class mobility is not exactly where we would want it to be on the island, but we do praise the steps that are being taken toward uh, addressing the situation as it stands. Just quickly, Treasury Minister, is class mobility something which is actively considered by Treasury or by the Council of Ministers? Well, I think <laughs> define class mobility. I think, you know, we... We can't deal with each and every single uh, individual circumstance. But what we have done, and I, and I just to challenge back there, uh, Devon, is, is, is we are making progress. And I stand by the fact that we're making progress. This has not been standstill uh, economics. What we have done, um, as I said, when you look at the percentage increase in personal allowance, 10,500 to 14,250 pounds, when you look at uh, the increase... Uh, in, in increase to child benefit and other benefits you know and you compare that to what's been very much a standstill situation in the uk and also take into consideration that wages finally are starting to increase uh, uh, and come through slightly above the rate of inflation i hope that we are making progress that that vast numbers of this uh, of people on this island will feel uh, better off and combined with the uh, low unemployment the investments that we've made, the significant, for example, the significant investments we've made into our capital program on this island, and we've now got a capital program that, that reaches up to about £580 million worth of investment uh, coming forward. We've done £180 million of that uh, investment to date, and this government spent that uh, in terms of improving public infrastructure and public services and also creating jobs and opportunities across a number of uh, private sector um, businesses, um, particularly construction industry, as well as providing jobs for our own uh, public servants, um, and the targeted investment that we've that we've got to come. So we are making progress. There, there's a significant amount of uh, spending, targeted spending that that we are delivering. That is, when you take it in the round and take it in the whole, helping to improve people's lives. Uh, and we've got to keep going. The challenge is by no means finished but we are making progress. You're listening to Perspective on Manx Radio. I'm being flooded with messages, some of which I'll come to after this. Pastor Mai, good afternoon. You're listening to Perspective on Manx Radio. I'm returning to some of the comments, and funds of 10 million have been set aside on green initiatives, uh, to mitigate the impact of climate change and the longer-term strategy following Professor Curran's report. Um, I had a message before this programme went on air to ask if you could explain what the details are of the newly announced £5 million revenue-funded environmental protection fund. Um, does that come under that £10 million? And, yeah. what, and what, uh, does it, so what does it contain? Well, it just it, the, the, you know we've had the Professor Curran report that's been approved by uh, Tim Ward now, 
Um, but there's a lot of detailed uh, analysis, particularly around finances, that needs to take place. Professor so there's so there's 10 million this year, 25 well, million thereafter. No, I mean Professor Curran talked about a 25 million pound figure. Uh, we need to understand uh, the, both the accuracy of that. Even Professor Curran himself said there's much more analysis required around that uh, uh, figure. We need to understand that in in more detail. Um, that's going to happen. The, the Climate Change Transformation Board is now set to go. Effectively, uh, there needs to be a, more work streams put in place. And of course, before we actually get to the full detail of how much money is available and, and in what context and how that's got to be structured and um, where we get it from, we obviously need to understand what roadmap is going to be in, in place towards us achieving the targets that we're setting out to uh, achieve. So this £10 million is purely a commitment from the Treasury, uh, from the government to be able to get on uh, and react to any work stream that comes out from the Transformation Board or any department that comes to Treasury uh, and says that either current work streams need enhancement. So the 10 million is not allocated yet? It's not such. specifically allocated. We will get that uh, allocated as and when people come to us with the relevant business case and are able to link it back to the positive outcomes needed to achieve the targets that we're setting. So that 5 million revenue funded environmental protection fund is basically waiting to find out where it's going to go. We don't, we, don't, we don't know anymore at this point. Well, as I said, when we get the business case presented or the Climate Change Transformation Board comes up with an immediate uh, need that needs to be delivered on, on the island, then we'll be in a position to start getting on with it. It's about us committing to reacting quickly if there are these cases arising in the interim period before we've got a, a proper understanding. Um, uh, if it's going to be 25 million, how much of that, for example, could come is going to be needed from revenue, how much of that is going to be needed from our, our capital, uh, uh, or whether some of it could be addressed in, in other ways. Is there any lending, for example, that may be required? But one obviously needs to balance that out by taking our overall financial picture as well. So there's a lot of work to be done. That's our commitment to get things going. Malcolm says, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Malcolm. It's totally unnecessary to spend this vast amount of money on climate change. The health system needs more. Well, we've recognised that healthcare uh, needs more money as well. Um, that's why uh, we've put £5 million into the transformation uh, board for this current year. And that's why we will be looking at the National Insurance Fund in terms of reviewing that from a fairness perspective an assessment of whether the, the, the total fund is being applied properly to get the maximum returns uh, from that. And also, you know, later this year, we'll have more oversight as to how much more we should be investing into health in coming years. So these, these, are, these are big challenges. But as I said in my speech, um, Dolan, that whilst they are challenges, whilst they do seem uh, quite intimidating, they're also huge opportunities, right? Huge opportunities for silent opportunities to deliver a class leading healthcare and improve healthcare on this island and we're absolutely committed to doing that opportunities also from a climate change perspective for a greener cleaner island that's going to bring uh, new economic opportunities in various areas opportunities for retraining for reskilling um, and opportunities for us to have better 
cleaner solutions for the provision of electricity. So we can, you know, we've got to investigate how we can do that in an environmentally rich situation. Is it going to be wind power? Is it going to be sea or water driven? Uh, is it solar driven, for example? Uh, and alongside that, you know, we can also try and find other opportunities in terms of improving the infrastructure on this island, a more active island, for example, improving our cycleways, our pathways, our footpaths. Um, so there's a whole host of things that can be achieved out of this. And I think we need to look at these as opportunities rather than feel swallowed by uh, the size of what's facing us. Andy says, please, why can't Timwald move as quickly as Westminster and ban the sale of coal as of April 2021? And we've got with us Devon Watson, who's a representative of the Climate Change Coalition. Um, yeah. Is that a... Is that a view you would endorse? I mean, we aren't looking to ban anything. Rather, what we would like, maybe that would be a good idea. I've not looked into it too much, but and we should probably mimic the good environmental initiatives coming in from the UK. But the view of the Isle of Man Climate Change Coalition is generally pretty moderate. We want to give people good, decent alternatives to using fossil fuels rather than preventing people from using... Um, polluting or dangerous uh, things as it stands at the moment. And as the Minister says, there are economic opportunities within that. Yeah, definitely. So when people look at 10 million and worry, we don't think that that's enough because largely what you would see is initiatives that would deal with climate change would make people's lives a lot better. So investing in public transport is something that 10 to 15,000 people in the Isle of Man use. More investment in public transport, we've seen funds cut from that over the past 10 years. There is money for the buses, Minister, in this budget. There is bus money. The money has been spent partially uh, on buses, but when we look at how that money has been allocated, we could have either invested in electric buses or hybrid buses, which would have saved long-term fuel costs and reduced maintenance costs. But instead, we bought the same fossil fuel buses. The infrastructure minister has said there is going to be I think pilots for hybrid buses in the summer is that right we already know that they work though right so the fact is is what's the point of doing a pilot when you've already bought uh, dozens or so of uh, the more dirty buses right so in the long term what you're doing when you make a decision like that is you make the decision to spend more money on fuel long term and make uh, spend more money on maintenance long term these are not good fiscal decisions largely environmental decisions also save you money because saving resources also saves money if we invest in renewable energy that's less money that the Isle of Man generally has to send overseas importing fossil fuels. If we invest in insulating homes, that's less money that people have to spend on heating their homes during winter. If we invest in um, uh, improving the environment of the island, that's less money we have to spend on our healthcare system because uh, there are many, many studies that show that pollution from vehicles contributes to health problems down the road. So largely saving money on uh, the environment also saves us money down the road and we shouldn't be shy to start taking bold measures. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. Minister, do you feel you have taken bold measures, bold steps? Well, I think think the government's taken the right approach uh, in, in a number of areas. I think the key thing, particularly when it comes to um, climate change, the the, the commitments have been made now. We've had the report from uh, Professor Curran. There's more work to be done. There will be some quick wins, if you like, that we can deliver out there in terms of, for example, active uh, transport and we're already, or active travel, and we're already investing in those areas. There's another £1.2 million also being invested uh, in the next 12 months or in the budget for us to improve the accessibility of the walkway between Peel and Kirk Michael uh, and I hope that will be delivered and people will find the the, uh, transport route for them walking or cycling to be improved in in that area but it's also important that we also take time to draw a proper roadmap up that both the public and the government 
uh, are, are on board with and we properly understand where we're going you know, one feels that we could also uh, act in haste and repent at leisure technologies uh, changing all the time I think the key thing is to be absolutely clear on the on our vision uh, for the next 10 15 years uh, and to make sure that we're absolutely crystal clear particularly when it comes to our key power source or key power sources uh, and I hope that a, a lot of time will be developed uh, given in the next 12 months or so to uh, opening up to understanding exactly what those opportunities are. It doesn't just have to be a wind or wind turbines or a wind farm. I think there's wind is one possibility. As I said, solar is another possibility, sea on, on, and, and, and water energy. So on look, that, on still... that note, Minister, Jack has asked, has the idea of a small nuclear power reactor for electricity been considered? Well, that is another option as well, Dolan. And I think, I don't know whether that's practical or not at this stage. But we do need to take a little bit of time to get absolute clarity uh, on this before we uh, plough on. And the other thing, it is important, government can't just do this by itself. Uh, it has to take the island with it for, for, for the most part. People have to have some form of uh, say, understanding and buy-in towards achieving this uh, to, in, you know, in order for it to be delivered um, successfully. I have to move on. We have sadly a very finite amount of time remaining. Um, I want to ask you about the 10-year tax cap. Can you explain to us what that means? Well, we've increased the tax cap. When we came in, we didn't think the level was appropriate uh, at £100,000. We've increased that up to £200,000 over the course of this government. I think that was the right thing um, to do. We've also tried to uh, ensure that when we're focusing on attracting tax cappers, we're bringing people who are going to be economically active in the community. And We'd this like is, to this see is something that was discussed in Timwald, right? It was um, what high net worth individuals can offer the island or do offer the island. Well, they, they do, if, particularly if they've got businesses and they're, they're, they're employing and directly employing. And a lot of them, any, in any case, I mean, you know, in fact, uh, high net worth individuals um, bring with them additional resources they're probably creating jobs anyway through the investments that they're making but it's also very positive for us if they've they've actively got their own companies as well they're engaged in the local community and they've got uh, jobs jobs and employment and other benefits that they're bringing so listen it still remains a, a strand but adamant um, from my perspective from from other people who I work closely with in terms from political perspective and we've got to go forward together you can't have a wide gap in society uh, uh, that's causing resentment uh, and question marks over, over over the value that people are bringing. Do you, do you, not, believe, do you believe that trickle-down economics works? Well, we, we, we very much worked on the basis, actually, that uh, trickle-up economics works incredibly um, well. Uh, and, you know, we've got a... a we've created, I think, a, the right framework for a wide variety of contributors to our to the success of this island to come through. I think there's much more opportunities, uh, much more money available these days, both in, from a private investment perspective and a government invest, investment perspective for young entrepreneurs on this island to start their own businesses. Uh, and, you know, we're funding that both from sort of more standard industries, if you like, but also, for example, in fintech and blockchain technology and the people uh, and the, the uh, facilities are there within the department for enterprise for people to come to that department and explore what opportunities and funding are available for them so listen this is about the whole rather than one single part uh, high net worths are valued on this island they do bring jobs they do bring economic opportunities but they're one strand of the focus of of, of the policies that we're adopting to try and take the island forward. One thing that we do find frustrating, and I know a lot of people within uh, that you talk to, the average person in the street, is there seems to be more concern 
that we prevent people with high incomes from leaving than we prevent young people from leaving the island massively. I mean, even if the tax cap largely wasn't there, they still need to manage and run their companies that are taxed at zero percent. Those companies aren't going anywhere. But the problem is, is we've got incredible numbers of people. I've seen many of my friends leave. I've seen many young people leave. And we've the result of that is that the average age of the population is rising rapidly, and which means that we're going to have a crisis with pensions. We're going to have a crisis with healthcare down the road. Medicine. And we don't have enough young people to sustain that dependency ratio. So it's frustrating to see that uh, still, proportion to someone's income, a person on the bottom end of the income spectrum is still taxed at a higher rate than a multimillionaire or a billionaire. The people who need the help the least are given focus and help the most by the state in this regard. And this is something that a lot of people find frustration. That, yes, we wrong. do need high income individuals on the island, but we also need to focus on uh, average people. And they aren't going anywhere because their companies are still here. Yeah. There, there, are, there are lots of points in there, and there's one that I want to pick on especially, and that's that government seems to have two priorities in attracting and incentivizing high net worth individuals but also trying to grow the economically active population that's something in the program for government can you do both of those things at the same time of course you can Dolan. and um, you know we, we've done that successfully anyway in the last four years you know, four years ago we had negative uh, population well had population decline Right, this year in the budget, I said we have 400 plus more people on the island. 199 of those were under uh, 65. Uh, we're investing more in terms of, for example, half 500,000 pounds into apprenticeships this year. Uh, we've provided more support uh, in previous budgets through for preschool uh, education, for example. We are investing in our young uh, on this island. We are providing the uh, opportunities uh, for them. We're growing and developing the economy. You can't make life better for people unless you grow and develop your economy. And I said everybody contributes uh, across the spectrum. And sometimes, though, you have to have particular span, uh, 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 strands of uh, the, the economy that need specific attention. It's not just high net worths. You know, government gives millions of pounds uh, in support to the, the businesses. Not businesses run by high net worths, businesses that are run by uh, corporates and, and companies that, that don't make huge volumes in manufacturing, for example, uh, in tourism. Uh, and we are always looking to support these businesses. We've just given £900,000 to the visit agency to uh, target another 8,000 visitors to our shores in the next um, 12 months. And we're going to continue to invest. And as I said, We've stopped the decline. We've reversed that. We're bringing people back to these shores. And the policies in the round are helping contribute uh, towards achieving that. Mick asks, adjusting for inflation, how many people will be better off from the Isle of Man budget 2020? Is that something that's calculated, Minister? Well, we, we, gave, we, we, we gave a figure for the number of people that are, are going to be better off as a result of the national insurance and uh, personal allowance increases. And I think I have that a figure was up was... at a... 41,000 41, uh, people. Um, but again, I would say to Mick, what, what you need to do is to focus on the round over what we've done over the last four budgets to help change the situation. 35% rise in personal allowances. We brought all these rises in to help people uh, in low to middle income earners pay less tax. I but we haven't I'm... just st stepped there in austerity very quickly, Don. There's millions of pounds gone into uh, this economy and to, to public services, but it's done so in a targeted and controlled manner. 2.8 million for the 2% pay increase. Uh, the 2% pay cap remains in place for all government workers. Um, Debbie, do you have a view on this? 
obviously we spoke about it in the break um, I'm still of the opinion that that needs to be looked at because within departments there's a total frivolous waste of money with employing people on certain contracts um, and 2.2% cap isn't acceptable anymore you have plenty of money you need to start basically taxing where you should be taxing instead of pulling the middle and the lower together and proportionately spread that cake around instead of just giving the bottom end just crumbs well you need to keep um, from from a fiscal c control perspective we have a two percent uh pay um increase allowed within the budget and if pay exceeds two percent so it's not a pay cap if pay exceeds two percent then departments have to find that money from within their departmental uh, or board revenues. That's our policy. It helps us keep everybody uh, focused. It maintains fiscal discipline and also it helps drive uh, efficiencies. And but let me just, just make clear to Debbie and to everybody else, the point about us having uh, fiscal rules, if you like, fiscal discipline, you know, we are, are making progress. We are trying to level up. But if we want to start leveling things down, it's to stop having fiscal rules. It's to stop having fiscal discipline. So we have to keep absolutely focused. We are moving towards much stronger public finances. The first news that we've had, the VAT news, will help us do that. And we need to look forward to the future. I appreciate there's a lot of challenges in front of us, but we've also got to maximise our opportunities. And there are a lot of opportunities when we look at these challenges. But keeping discipline uh, with our public finances is absolutely vital to maintaining uh, a strong uh, both economy but also strong social fabric on this uh, island and we have still got challenges to tackle but we can't do that if our finances are weakening. Archibald asks a question which was raised by the Speaker of the House of Keys during the debate who is the only member to vote against the budget. Um, does the Treasury Minister think that the budget process is democratic? I mean, we could do a whole programme on this, couldn't we, Minister? <laughs> I think you probably could, Alan, in the few minutes that you've, you've got left. Listen, I mean, you know, nothing is, is perfect. There's always going to be improvements did, needed. Did, did you appreciate any of Mr Watterson's concerns on that front? Well, I mean, he's, he keeps repeating you know, the, these concerns. Ultimately, actually, he sort of gives the impression that uh, Treasury are some sort, is, is some sort of dictatorship. So that's, that's, not at, that's not true at all. There is an engagement process that we go through in formulating these budgets. Uh, both with departments and statutory boards across government. And you said I, that I, bids for next year have to be in by August, so well, this they, is a year-round process, isn't it? Basically? It is It is. It is a year-round process. The, the process works. I think one of my uh, big concerns about Mr Watson's uh, plans to put the budget onto the floor of Timwall piece by piece, have it analysed, voted on uh, over a sort of two- or three-month period, is that in a um, democracy where we have effectively 33 independents, um, you know, no party system at all, no structure, that we will end up uh, in a situation where I think one of them, uh, Timwell members, called it paralysis by analysis. And that is my big fear. The moment there, there is a lot to say for the way the budget process works, whether he, he and, and others like it or not. Problem is, the point is it does give us a lot of uh, stability in terms of uh, the end outcome. Uh, there's not a period of two or three months where the nation's going to sit around wondering what the outcome is going to be. Are taxes going to increase? Are they going to decrease? And 33 people are going to have a bit of a bun fight must, over, must... over the detail. Uh, and I would be concerned that that kind of dis 
process would be destabilizing for a small island uh, and be destabilizing for our economy. There are so many more questions I could come to. We are out of time, I'm afraid. And for those questions I didn't get to, and I'm sorry for the people that I didn't, Mr. Cannon will be appearing tomorrow before uh, the Positive Action Group tomorrow evening at the Manx Legion Club at 7.30. A free event open to all for a Q&A session. So That's plenty correct, more yeah. questions to be asked there.